Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, October 28th, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. You should have sung that, actually. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> um, before that, though, we do want to remind everybody that Walking with Ghosts, Gabriel Byrne's new one-person show that is playing at the Music Box Theater, officially mm-hmm. opened on Thursday night. I will not be doing a review recap episode because on Thursday night, I'm going to the media night at the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts for the national tour of Hamilton. I believe this is the um, Angelica tour, I think. I think Angelica tour. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I think it's, so it's, many. it's the second one. It's not the Ann Peggy. Um, so either way, I'm going to that. It was originally supposed to be on Wednesday night, but for some reason they had to push us all to Thursday. So I will not be home. If you haven't heard, Hamilton is not a short skit. What? So it starts at eight. I won't be home probably until midnight and I'm not doing an episode that late. But we will have those reviews as part of Monday's Today on Broadway. And actually, you actually saw the show on Wednesday night. I did indeed. When this comes out via Patreon, the embargo will not be up, so we're not going to talk about that then. But you will have your thoughts and uh, when we talk about things on Monday's episode. Mm-hmm. I, you aren't saying this, but you liked it. I, you, I said it for you, so okay. if anyone gets mad yeah. about breaking the embargo, it was exactly. me. Exactly. Yeah, it you was enjoyed all you. it. You'll I mean, have that's, more to say. That's the word around town. Is but I cannot it? confirm nor deny at this point Fair in time. Enough. Something I can <laughs> confirm is that I had one of the wildest interviews of my entire <laughs> career on Thursday. Yeah. I it's, could also confirm this, even though I wasn't yes. there. No, but I told you all about it yeah. as soon as it got done. Yeah. Uh, I interviewed a multi-time Tony winner who writes everything from like iconic pop songs, or pop mm-hmm. song, really, it's just one yeah. pop song, uh, to novels, to plays, to, I mean, one of the best musicals of all time, in my opinion, literally open up an interview, basically 10 seconds in, singing my name because he thought it was so melodic. And he actually put my name to the tune of the biggest hit that he has ever written and the first thing that I ever knew him for. So that episode will be up in the next day or so in the podcast feed. It'll hit the Patreon feed first. Then it will uh, come into the regular feed if you want to hear it before anybody else and see who this incredibly multi-talented, multi-hyphenate, multi-Tony winner is. Head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon. We also talk... Uh, fairly briefly, but we do talk about the fact that the one of my favorite TV shows of all time was a show that he not only created but wrote every episode to ah. is now streaming. Um, it's like he's it's like, it's like 54 episodes um, that I remember loving this show as a kid and it wasn't streaming for a long time, but it did just recently uh, hit AMC Plus streaming service. So interesting. Some, some hints as to who I'm talking about. I so. mean, I hope someone can. Nail oh, somebody. It down. Yeah. <laughs> somebody will figure it out. Somebody Rob Johnston or one of the yeah, one of exactly. the folks from Peter's trivia uh, groups on this week on Broadway will certainly be able to figure that out. Yeah. But anyway, let's get into the news and let's start with a fellow Ohio native, of course, someone who's ab- about my age as well. Uh, I think a year or two or so older than me, but same general age. Somebody that, but less came of to a permit. melodic name. Met less of a melodic name. Yes, yeah. that is true. That yeah. is Katie Holmes. Mm, doesn't doesn't ring. Yeah. Doesn't ring as well. Doesn't scan. Um, doesn't fit in the song. 
No, but uh, Katie Holmes will be returning to the New York stage in just a few months. Starting in January, she'll be making her Roundabout Theater Company debut in Anna Ziegler's new play, The Wanderers, directed by Barry Edelstein. The show will begin performances on January 26th at the Harold and Miriam Steinberg Center for Theater. It'll have an opening night on February 16th and will play a limited engagement through March 26th. The show... In the show, she plays a movie star. Uh, so I'll tell you the plot description, but that's who she plays. Yeah. She plays Julia Cheever. It's uh, a it's a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> well, hasn't done a whole lot of big well, movies, but yeah. you know. Anyway, um, anyway, Orthodox Jews Esther and Shmuley are newly married, and their future is written in the laws of the Torah. Secular Jew Abe is a famous novelist who believes he can write his own future until an unexpected email from a movie star, played by Holmes, puts his marriage to the test and threatens to prove him wrong. This is a show that has been on the calendar for roundabout for a while, but we did not know who would be involved with it. The rest of the cast and the creative team will be announced in the coming weeks and months. This, of course, is not Holmes's New York stage debut. She uh, made her Broadway debut in All My Sons mm-hmm. by Arthur Miller, of course, opposite John Lithgow, Diane Weist, Patrick Wilson, and Becky and Baker. What a cast that is. Then her most recent Broadway uh, production was in Teresa Rebeck's Dead Accounts, opposite Norbert Leo Butts, Judy Greer, Josh Hamilton, and Jane Howdy Shell. So basically, Katie Holmes only does show with a bunch of like other super really talented performers. I was going to say, oh, legends so, only. Yeah. So I'm expecting the Wanderers to be like, like, I don't, I don't even know, maybe John Lithgow again, but Dame Judy Dench, Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen, all the people we talked Just about before the, we started recording. Say all the names that are at the top of your head. Yes, it's yeah. uh, only only stars in Katie Holmes. Only New stars York in the building. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of some stars, let's head across the pond into London, where earlier this week the new musical Tammy Faye officially opened at the Almeida Theater. This one is not the one that is was originally supposed to star Kristen Chenoweth. This is the musical with music by Elton John, lyrics by Jake Shears of the Scissor Sisters, book by James Graham and directed by Rupert Gould. Uh, James Graham and Rupert Gould have worked together again most, re- most recently in the play Inc. that came to New York via the mm-hmm. Manhattan Theater Club. Um, this one is currently on sale through December 3rd. And... Um, Really has gotten a, a lot of buzz. Andrew Rannells um, plays uh, James Baker in the show. And Katie Braben plays the titular Tammy Faye. Let's go through these reviews because they're they're okay. pretty interesting. I'm going to run through just like little clips from a bunch of different reviews to kind of give you a smorgasbord of opinions here. A veritable smorgasbord. A veritable one. Matt Wolf writing for the New York Times said, quote, through it all, Braben displays such fervor and commitment in the title role that you fall under the sway, not just of Tammy Faye, but of a, but of a performer giving her career enhancing all to a part that Braben was born, Tammy Faye would surely say destined to play. Star-making role for sure. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. Clive Davis, writing for the Times of London, said, quote, The prospect of hearing a new set of songs by one of our greatest musicians means that tickets are in short supply. Yet, for all Katie Braben's efforts in the title role, this show, a decade in the making and fitted for ser- and fitted with serviceable lyrics by the Scissor Sisters star Jake Shears, trundles from one set piece to another. I don't know the word trundles as a verb. I know it as a... Like a, an adjective. But anyway, um, 
Arifa Akbar, writing for The Guardian, said, quote, We do not get much of a story in the first half, but there is so much showmanship that it does not matter. This is, without a doubt, a musical with charisma, just like Tammy Faye herself. In its biggest moments, and there are several, it reaches a delirious kind of excellence. And finally, Dominic Cavendish, writing for The Telegraph, said, quote, It isn't a hell of a show in the wrong sense, because they're uh, religious televangelists yes. that play on words with hell, but it's surprisingly purgatorial at points, struggling to find a strong dramatic pulse. Interesting. So, big Next. flashy thing with yeah. some really good performances, makes sense with this kind of subject matter, yes. makes sense from Elton John and, and Jake Shear that it yeah. is showy. Um, but needs work. But needs work. <laughs> but needs not a lot of work. Not dissimilar. Not dissimilar from Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, which probably sounds with like a it needs certain link there. Yeah, yeah, sounds like that one probably needs a little more work. But yeah, um, it, this is interesting. I, I I don't know. I I didn't really have necessarily a feeling that like oh this is a must transfer show like to come to New York. No, I, I'm still not sure based off of these reviews if that's the case either. But. It sounds like there's at least something of interest there in case anyone decides they want to bring it to New York. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we just had the Tammy Faye uh, movie, too, Jessica Chastain. So, I mean, it's kind of a topic that's at least somewhat in the limelight. And then, as you mentioned, like the Kristen Chenoweth musical that hasn't happened yet, which should. Probably never will. Probably never will, but maybe should because I think she would be – excellent in it but you know these reviews are promising i i am still in the same mindset that i think these shows as in this and devil wears prada might need to wait a bit because elton seems clearly unfocused with his work at the moment and i think a lot of that has to do with yeah i think a lot of that has to do with him being in the final legs of his farewell tour and also a hundred years old at this point so a hundred years old look i'm a massive elton fan i'm gonna say he's a hundred years old (laughs) Uh, hold on i'm gonna find out how old he is okay Oh, he's 75, according Alexa to... Alexa just told me 75. There yes, you thank go. You. Thanks, Alexa. Our, our third host in this episode. Yeah, if Grace is in London, we can have Alexa. Can. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Elton John's final concert from Dodger Stadium will be yep. live-streamed on Disney Plus uh, in oh, November. Thank you. The streamer will smack <laughs> Yes, there you go. Yeah. Um, so that is – he is busy. He's obviously doing a lot of different things. So we'll see what actually happens with this show and or Devil yeah. Wears Prada in the future. But it sounds like this one at least has the makings of something that is interesting. It seems like it has forward. better bones, which it needs for sure. Because otherwise it could yeah. be a very, very loose plot. The Devil Wears Prada at least has a structured plot because it already exists but is clearly not well structured. Yeah. Yeah, we'll yeah, see. Yeah. I I wish I would have seen Devil Wears Prada in Chicago just so I can kind of yeah. gauge where it is. But I have a feeling we'll see it again somewhere, Eventually. whether that's in New York or somewhere else first. We will have to wait and see. All right, let's move on to some other show and casting news. Yesterday it was announced that the highly acclaimed one-woman show from Kate Berlant, simply called Kate, will be returning for a encore eight-week run this winter following a sold-out premiere run, which is directed by Bo Burnham. Mm-hmm. This show uh, – have you heard of him? He's busy uh, as well. I heard of him. Yeah, he's a little busy. 
He's busy. Um, this show will begin performances at the Connolly Theater, where I believe our own Grace Aki performed her one line oh. show as well. Um, starting on December 18th, and it'll be running through February 10th. Um, this one uh, has tickets on sale now, starting at $39. I didn't see this. I, I don't yeah, know that neither. I will get a chance to because of the way the dates fall, but um, there's definitely a moment with when Grace and I have talked about this before, and I'm sure you two have as well. Like, there's mm-hmm. a moment for one person shows right now, and it seems that like Big a lot time. of these smaller off Broadway houses are filling in around their their traditional schedules with these shows and they're really doing super well so i'm not sure what is kind of giving rise to the attention with these shows and the audience demand for them but we keep seeing shows coming back over and over and over again yeah so i think that's great i mean this one was super critically acclaimed unfortunately i didn't get to see it the first time so i'm glad i get to see it now um it helps having bo burnham's name attached to it obviously i also think there's a you know a bit of a consequence um, you know, it's a f- few years old at this point, but having Manetta Lane Theater doing audible shows mm-hmm. and so many of those are solo shows and one person shows that I think and Soho doing all yeah, of those yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, things as well, including um, uh, um, 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 Fleabag. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a, a massive part of it too. That's something yeah. as big as Fleabag came out of a one woman show. So they're going to keep producing them and probably hoping for more flea bags, which good. I hope so. I, I am growing attached to one person shows for sure. Absolutely. All right. In other news, the musical, the pretty pants bandit, which you might have heard about here on Broadway radio before, because I interviewed the writers of the show, Chase Peacock and my friend, Jessica DiMaria. It will be having a 30 minute teaser concert coming up in November at Ripley Greer studios. It'll be headlined by Jelani Remy, former Broadway radio guest as well. And Elena Ricardo, who just got finished, um, leading the Algonquin Playhouse production of a musical that I talk about in that interview with the person who sang my name. Ah. Uh, that was the um, <laughs> the Nutty Professor musical. Uh-huh. So, and then uh, some other folks as well. So if you're interested in that, I'll have all the information in the show notes on how you can uh, get into it. They're going to be doing seven songs from the show uh, and it'll be done at Ripley Greer Studios. Chase Peacock, who is one of the writers, um, was actually also in that um Nutty Professor musical, which is why Elena Ricardo is a part of the show. That makes sense. Yeah. So there you go. So there is that. And then finally, going back to my day job, earlier today on Thursday, it was announced that the musical TV comedy series Girls 5 Eva will be officially canceled at Peacock, but picked up by Netflix. Yeah. The show is moving from Peacock where its first two seasons aired and it will be streaming its third season on Netflix. This is really the first show of note that is going from one streaming home to another. And clearly we've seen Netflix pick up shows in the past that were on broadcast channels that were canceled for one reason or another. Things like... Um, Manifest, which is just finishing its third season. Lucifer also happened. Um, Arrested Development. Arrested Development, one. even. Was One Day at a Time the reversed? Was it on Netflix and then yes. moved to? Okay, I couldn't remember. Yes, went to like Pop TV Rest or whatever that was. Yeah. yeah. Um, great show. But Ugh, um, yes. this is interesting because the show comes from Meredith Scardino. She is the creator Yay. of Girls Five Ever. Mm-hmm. But she's also... Uh, executive produces the show along with Tina Fey, Jeff Richmond, and Robert Carlock, who, of course, have long histories with 
uh, NBC Universal, which is the mm-hmm. parent company for Peacock, whether that's dating back to like Saturday Night Live and then obviously 30 Rock. But all four of these people, including Meredith, they were producers, executive producers on Unbreakable Kimmy, Kimmy Schmidt, Schmidt. Yeah. which was on Netflix. Netflix. So they have relationships with both the folks at Peacock and NBC Universal and Netflix. So it makes sense that if Peacock decided not to move forward with that, that there was a home for it at Netflix. And to be quite honest with you, I have a feeling like this is actually something that's actually really good for this show because I think yeah. people will actually give a damn about about it now that it's on people Netflix. People are going to give money to uh, to Netflix over Peacock or are already well, giving money to Netflix and not right, Peacock. I think more people well, I think people are going to watch it. I mean, this is a show that like is one of the few shows to have any kind of breakthrough for uh, for Peacock other than like Bel Air. Um, but yeah. for whatever reason, they decided not to move forward with it. But I think like this goes to Netflix and it has not been determined or at least not publicly whether the first two seasons will be available to sp- stream on Netflix or if they were going to remain on Peacock. But like, I think that this is going to have a much bigger audience with Netflix, obviously just by yeah, sheer likely. volume, but I think more people are actually going to watch it here than they did on 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 Peacock, which I think is a and really good thing for all of these people. Better promoted for that matter what, yes. on Netflix, a hundred percent. Yeah, Peacock is a Comcast, which is the parent company of NBC Universal and Peacock, just had its uh, earnings report earlier this week, and they are very happy with how Peacock is performing for a lot of different reasons because it's integrated into their cable subscriptions and yada, yada, yada. I won't bore you with all those details. But from the outside consumer looking in, no one has any idea what the hell Peacock is, what it does, other than like it has Bravo shows and The Office. What is it? And we don't really know, but... um, I'm happy for everybody, whether it's Tina, Jeff, Robert, Meredith, and then obviously the stars, uh, Sarah Bareilles, Renee Lee Schools, Barry Paula Pell, yes. and Busy Phillips. And then Daniel Breaker plays uh, Sarah Bareilles' husband on the show and a bunch of other Broadway folks in there um, as well. Uh, so I'm happy for them. So very excited about this. I will someday actually get to it. Because, <laughs> yeah, I watched of course, a little I bit of watched season it one. Yet. No, I've watched a little bit of the first season, but didn't finish it and uh, have not gotten into the second season. I don't do a lot of comedies. I just, I just, I just don't do a lot of comedies. Yeah. I mean, few and far between where they're actually good, but yeah. you know, there's anyway. just too much. There's too much. It's too oh, much. Good Lord. All right. Let's wrap it up with a feel good recommendation. The cast of Beetlejuice performed the opening song or not the opening song, that beautiful sound. Uh, on the Today Show this week, uh, Elizabeth Teeter, Alex Brightman, and a whole bunch of Beetle Jies. Beetle Jies? Would that be the plural of Beetle Juice? I feel I don't like think it's Beetle Juices. Beetle no, Juices? It, yeah, that's a no. I, I mean, what's plural, <laughs> what's plural of juice? Is it just juice? Or is it juices? It's got to be juices. I'm going to say it's juicy. I'm going to yeah, go juicy. There you it's go. The la- That's it's the fact it. that I took Latin in high yeah. school. So yeah, everything there you is, go. is an I. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we will have that performance <laughs> in the show notes if you want to check that out. I, of course, sent it to my niece and my brother. Of course. Because they are big beetle stands. So is that a word? Yeah. Okay. That was in your Latin text, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. The stand the stand suffix is yeah. uh, originates in the uh, Latin roots. Obviously. Yeah. Eminem stole it from Latin. <laughs> all right, everybody. That's all that we have for today. Thank you. And Dido. Don't forget Dido. <laughs> yeah, and Dido. Thanks for listening course. to today Never on Broadway. Dido. <laughs> How could you? Um, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Some people have no idea what the hell we're talking about. I don't about. care. They're like, who the hell is Dido? Is that a dog? Is that I mean, like yes. the dog in the Garfield comics? Exactly. I don't know. Yeah. 
Anyway, uh, thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW. Matt, Ashley, where can people find you? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, this is Ashley. I like if that you, you went with o- <laughs> Odie as in the dog of the Garfield comics to like rhyme Dido. Dido slash Fido. No, I wasn't thinking Fido. I was thinking Odie. Do- Dido, like the O's and the D's is what I was thinking. I easily mean, confused. a stretch. I would have gone with Fido first over Dido. I, obviously, yeah. You're a stretch. All right, True. everybody. Have a wonderful weekend. Stay tuned for my very exciting interview where a legendary writer sings my name multiple times to multiple different gives me a new ringtone multiple (laughs) different songs using my name including the biggest hit that this person has ever written and one of the greatest one hit wonder songs of all time spoiler alert Uh, it's dido it's it's not dido how dare you (laughs) one hit wonder how dare you anyway everybody have a wonderful weekend we'll talk to you on monday (laughs) 